Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help Captain P-Funk finally afford that Merlot Broham. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to High School 510, where sports is the lane, comedy is the pilot, and the sweet Jiba is our chest fuel. Please sit back and enjoy the ride. Any final thoughts on the DC thing? Any any final takeaways that y'all have? Yeah, uh, I just had a question. When all that shit was going on, I was wondering where the hell's the DC sniper at? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that motherfucker laying down in the trunk of that car. Just woof, 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 woof. He would the DC sniper would have took out more people than the damn Capitol Police did. He would have did a better job. And he was targeting white people. <laughs> him and that I, damn kid. Him I and that damn the they, they should have called him. They were like, hey man, can, can Trump, can we try to convince Trump to call the Senate National Guard? Nah, we don't need him. Just get that, get the DC sniper and get what kind of car was he in, Pedro? Uh, he was in a, I think it's Chevy Caprice. Yeah, yeah, it was a Caprice. A, a modified Caprice where they, he can lay down and no one can notice with the hole in the trunk. Yeah, the, uh, the Capitol Police had the riot shield for the first black ops. <laughs> <laughs> Milk, man. Good seeing you. Last time I saw you was uh, well, last time the I was last on. time we were in person. That's what I said. Last time I you was on. The last you had to drive me home. <laughs> it was the last in person show, right before the lockdown. Hey, you what's and up, Jared Pedro? Kept wearing masks. What's up, Milk? We haven't met before, but I've heard you a whole bunch of times on. Yeah, I, I, think we, I thought we were on episode. On You're on episode together. Oh no, I'm tripping. I got mixed up with the uh, the the start of that pod versus the finish of that pod. He was on that tank that episode. Bro, that oh. should have me screwed. That was <laughs> never again. Never again. <laughs> I told y'all about just doing all that weird stuff, Jared. Be introducing you to. That was mezcal and tink and Lord <laughs> of Mercy. No, like beer and regular weed. That's how I go at. That's all. That's Sounds like a recipe. <laughs> Just go regular drinking. If you go drink, go regular drinking. Smoking that dope, doing that coke. Come on, man. Gang banging. <laughs> <laughs> that's my no. jam. I might start bumping that as I try to work. <laughs> I don't know between that and Smokey said, uh, what was it? Ch- Chinu- Chinooka. Uh, Chinooka. 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 I don't know what that is. But happy Chinooka. Happy Chinooka. <laughs> he said it like three or four times. That's the crazy part. Like if I don't know a word and I'm like questioning, did I say that right? I'm going to like mumble it and then never say it again the rest of the time. Yeah, hope you enjoy yeah. your holidays. I'll be using holidays like crazy. Yeah, he's fully committed. I'm on cameo. I hope yeah, you have yeah, a play, lovely play time. For milk. Here you go, milk. milk. You ain't seen this milk? No, I just didn't hey, know you Marco, were sharing screen. Like, how you doing? That's awesome. Surprise, surprise. This is Smokey Robinson. I know 
you didn't expect to hear from me. But I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jerry. And they wanted me, they told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me. And gosh, that's that's beautiful. Um, how are you doing again? <laughs> nice talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now. And they wanted me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka <laughs> because they said so. <laughs> anyway, God bless you, babe, and enjoy Chinooka. Have a wonderful time. Because why, why did he just look it up? I can't understand why he just didn't look it up. He didn't have a handler. Can you look up how much Smokey Robinson cameo is? I want to know how much these these brothers paid for this cameo. That was like it was a forty five second video. It probably was two grand. That's what AB was doing. He was doing like twenty five for a birthday shout out. People yeah. were paying, and he was blowing them too. He was just saying random stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even long. <laughs> he was like, he was in a swimming pool. Here go Antonio Browns. Happy 38th birthday. And I hear it's your second anniversary wedding. I hear you've been working really hard as a defense attorney, and your birthday is here. Happy birthday. We celebrate you today. Hope your birthday is booming. That's when he was going with that full Jabril Cisse look. He's got the, the dyed mustache looking. You think he would have, especially if he was doing a cameo for someone that's a defense attorney, he would have got that one, did that one well. Like, hey, man, I might need you in the future. So right. just keep, you know what? I'm DM me, right? I'm going to do this one pro bono. I'm going to do this one pro bono. Take care of me later you. on. We're going to have to have some conversations later on. How much do y'all think the, the Chanaka? video cost the people who ordered it initially i, I think was, it was like I mean, five I, g's bro it was like $500. I'll, I'll give y'all a hint we gotta have a baseline i was off i was way off i, oh, thought, I, tell you I which thought, thought it was probably like think, five two to five hundred no i think I'm, i think i'm, I'm going, going 300 i'm gonna go 300 I, I, i'm gonna cheat on this because i think i know <laughs> yeah that, i think it was a, i think it's 150 dollars you got 150 AG, which one you pick 300 300 300 okay. i'm gonna stick with 300 i'm going five g's smoky man that's what turquoise cheap charges. That's a little steep. Uh, <laughs> I saw this on, online. Someone someone paid four hundred from what I found. Oh, four hundred dollars. Wow. It says nearly. So my guess was like three ninety nine, right? Uh, how much would it cost for him to uh, to have him sing a live version of this though? Wasting your time, drinking that wine, smoking that smoke, doing that coke, dealing that dope, giving up. Wow. It looked like he got members of my church to do the video. <laughs> I'm telling you, he probably did. I can't believe how good he looks, though. Man, Aaron, what? I was thinking about this wow. week, and I was I was a little disappointed that you wasn't upset at Smokey Robinson how good his hairline looked in that video. You know what? Like I said, because Smokey, <laughs> I'd get mad. But the closer to my age really upset me more than someone older. And like I said, I believe Smokey Robinson made some deal uh, I don't I don't want to say the devil, maybe Barry Gordy, somebody. He made a deal. <laughs> Think about it. Everybody at Motown dead except him. Except him. He sung at everybody's funeral. People younger than him. He sung at their funeral. To have green eyes and a hairline like that? You know what? He he stopped drinking the water in Detroit at the right time. <laughs> he got all the positives and none of the cons. Every temptation 
four tops. Groups are gone. Diana Ross (laughs) holding on. Everybody else is dead. And Smokey's still sitting here singing. He wrote songs for Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, and he's still looking good. So are you saying that Smokey Robinson is a uh, mutant and has superpowers, Aaron? Uh, He could be. I just think it's the Lord's work. I told you. He's a homo Hanging out with my pastor. They be praying in tongues. He prayed that youth in. Come on. <laughs> he homo superior. Oh, I need, and I need, I need to get on my knees for two weeks straight just to keep my hair line from growing back even farther. <laughs> two weeks. I'm going to be on my knees uh, more than a, than a Vegas hooker <laughs> to get my hair line back. Hello? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, uh, y'all ready to start the show? Right on. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. I've been, I've been ready. Milt, I need a letter. Ooh, it's been a long time since I had this this choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go with B. 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 Bastille Day. Burgundy. Buns. Baked. Bountifully. The Baba Yaga. Botswana. Booty butt cheeks. Booty butt cheeks. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on all the social media platforms, maybe kind of, sort of. Uh, check out DJ Art on TikTok, um, where he hangs out with all the teenagers doing dances and conspiracy videos. Um, <laughs> uh, aside from that, uh, you can also email the show at highscore510.fans at gmail.com. And we are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson III, also known as AG3. I would say I'm coming at you faster than 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 Latavius Murray, but it looks like he ain't got no breakaway speed. So definitely coming at you faster than Latavius Murray. No, I can't say that. Coming at you faster than Latavius Murray and, and faster than Marcus Peters pissing also on another team for no reason. I've been a friend of that guy for... 30 years. A, a lot of hot topic going around. What, what, is your, what is your thought? Well, it doesn't surprise me that he said those things. That doesn't surprise me. And he shouldn't have said it. And uh, he just hurt himself by, by, by talking too much and doing things that he couldn't, he shouldn't be doing. And I tell you, I don't wish that girl any bad luck, but I hope she gets hit with a car. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man, Tommy LaPasta, man. <laughs> Rest in peace, Tommy LaSorda. He's in that big, big Italian restaurant in the sky. He's in a buffet. If I know any better, him and St. Peter at a buffet right now. <laughs> he ain't never <laughs> held back his tongue. That's the greatest thing about Tommy LaSorda. <laughs> and we are here with... Everybody's family captain, Captain P-Phone. Um, coming at you like the white dude trying to bid on the podium from the Capitol building. <laughs> you what I think about it. I think that is very, very bad for that man to make an accusation like that. That is terrible. I have never, ever, since I've managed, ever told a pitcher to throw at anybody, nor will I ever. And if I ever did, I certainly wouldn't make him throw at a fucking 130 hitter like Lafay or fucking Bavacqua who couldn't hit water if he <laughs> fell out of a fucking boat. 
And I guarantee you this, when I pitched, and I was going to pitch against a fucking team that had guys on it like Babakwa, I sent a fucking limousine to get the cocksucker to make sure he was in the motherfucking lineup because I kicked that cocksucker's ass any fucking day in a week. He's a fucking motherfucking big mouth, I'll tell you that. I told you he never held back. He never held back. I told yeah, you he never held back. Great quote. He mm-hmm. said, I'll make sure I send a limousine. Yes, sorry, motherfucker. And we are here with. What's up? It's your boy, Mil Teasy. Milt for mayor. Back like I never left. Um, work from home, Poppy. You know the deal. What's up, everybody? They can make you slap somebody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's uh, one of my new conspiracy sister jingles. Can you tell who that was? No. Can I get one more crack at it? Hey, these men are giving dick away. <laughs> nah. I don't know. Vagina I feel like it's too power. left field. Oh, Lord. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Alexis K. Tyler, bro. Oh, oh, Alexis Tyler. Oh, yeah. I had to explain some things using the Alexis Tyler to my daughter. <laughs> she didn't lose her damn mind. <laughs> and my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Ma'am, what, what happened to you? I got mace. You got mace? Let <laughs> And what happened? You were trying to go inside the Capitol? Yeah, I made it like a foot inside and they pushed me out and they maced me. What's your your name? Where are you from? My name is Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And why did you want to go in? (laughs) We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. (laughs) That bitch is wearing a piano, (laughs) a piano, (laughs) keyboard scarf. A keyboard (laughs) that you usually see on like most of the fourth and third grade girls at the elementary school. Hearing that talk about it's a revolution. Thank God she wasn't one of those people around in 1776. Unfortunately, I think most people around 1776 were on her wavelength. (laughs) Must must have been. Oh my God. Unfortunately, they had pepper spray back then, so they couldn't stop the revolution. They had muskets and stood in line and shot at each took turns shooting at each other. <laughs> That's all they did. <laughs> but they made sure that first shot was at Atticus, uh, what is that? Atticus. Hey, man, the, the, the most that noble martyr of all time. It's like, like uh, that's how you know, but yeah, we go get to Boston in a second, bro. We'll get to Boston. Mm. They got another. They got another first black something. <laughs> the first black martyr to galvanize a revolutionary war in America on America soil. Christmas addicts. <laughs> you know they set him up. Conspiracy brother tell you. And did nobody give Christmas addicts the memo? Hey black man, look out! He's got a gun. Oh, I'm here. Milt, man, it's been a minute since we last had you. Um, I think uh, last time we had you was at the start of this uh, quarantine craze. It um, was. We were masked up. Yeah, we were masked up in person. You guys masked, masked up. up for no reason. <laughs> but but and you guys are thankful you guys didn't catch COVID-19 because I had that uh, on the most expensive and best hand sanitizer that day. Oh, this is yeah, where air was carrying some uh, hydrogen peroxide around. Heavy duty. No, that was, that was just straight up rubbing alcohol. 
Yeah. Aaron had a bottle of rub, had liquor store rubbing alcohol. He was just dumping it on his hands. He was using that for, for hand sanitizer. You can't get no better hand sanitizer than that. And that's what we had. Oh, you know what we need to do? We need to bring back Aaron's uh, 10, uh, 10 tips for surviving a pandemic. That was, that was a good, those were some good tips. Maybe bring that back around. They were. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man, good to be back. It's been yeah. a wild. It's been a wild these past months, man. However long it's been, what, nine months now plus. Yeah. How's the How's the the quarantine life and all that stuff been treating you? Have you been uh, managing well, or has it been uh, a big adjustment? What's different in your life versus be- before for now? Um, you know, yeah, it's been. I've I've been kind of you know lucky in the fact that I've been able to work and haven't been impacted like a lot of people have, but. You know, it's been hard when you have your routines kind of shaken up. You got to find ways to give yourself different breaks and different mm. routines. And I've been trying to do that. So there's been some silver linings, but, you know, kind of mm. cabin fever, you know, when you're yeah. talking about not being in an office and I need a place to go and a routine in the morning. And, you know, so I'm finding different ways to kind of check those boxes, you know, yeah. I'm sure we all are. Yeah, I know you're a kinetic person. You like to move and, and be interacted and, and doing it on screen or being cooped up in the same four wall, six walls. No, but, you know, we're, we're, we're finding things that, that fill different needs for us now. And I think we're all learning different things about ourselves. I've been able to kind of um, find different things that take my focus that I don't think I would have been into had mm-hmm. we not been at home. And it's been good, though, man. The other question that is, I've been burning to ask you is... Um, Last time you were on, we were discussing Derek Carr, and you said he, in quote, he might not don't got it. He um, might don't has, got it. <laughs> has, has another season of his play been able to re- further reaffirm or dis- disprove uh, your assessment of him? He for sure don't got it. So <laughs> It's not <laughs> a might not. Out there. Before it was might not, but, you know. He had his best season yet, Milt. Yeah, no, Milt. Let me me ask you this because he's he's been throwing the deep ball a lot this Mm -hmm. season. You don't think it's a mix of that ancient, overcomplicated offense that might be holding him back? Yeah, I mean, I have a loaded perspective on that, which I don't intend to just, you know, dump on y'all right now. But long and short of it is whether it's the offense, the defense having his problems, they're not hitting on draft picks at the end of the day you got to have turnover to have success at some positions if you're not getting what you need when you have someone in that role so I I agree that the offense is really frustrating to watch and that loss in Miami and there's other examples where you know that was a win or loss decision inside the five that Gruden had but there's just times where you look at it and you're like okay this works let's do this more often or let's spread things out and they just don't do it and I don't want to see Jason Witten on a field ever again. I'm sorry, Jart. I know that gave you no, like no, I, joy. no, no. I was happy he went to the Raiders. I'm like, at least he's not clouding up the the Cowboys roster no more. I don't need that motherfucker. Well, I around. had no idea why he would come out of retirement. Too. Did you hear him in the booth? Probably trying to get a coaching job. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's just saying. He even though in the booth he was kind of bland. They, oh, he was they he, liked him there. He talked. He barely. He, he's like a white version of Antonio Brown. He could barely talk. <laughs> He's, but he can run a, a flat route like nobody's business. Yeah, it's like I, I could do this thing where I block and I block like a turnstile where basically I hit and then I just turn in a circle with you. So you're going to get by me eventually. But hey, it's just like, you know, are you going to turn the right way? I remember that drill where you're you're getting tackled and you normally land on some pads that are behind you. It's all form fitting. It's normally one of the first things you do when you start playing <laughs> peewee or high school football. Somebody's fitted with a shield. That's mm-hmm. Jason Witten when he's trying to block someone on the edge and he just gets picked <laughs> up and and pancakes. But yeah, 
let's just say I'm ready to see young talent under center in Las Vegas in the next couple of years. And if it doesn't happen for a year or two, so be it. But like, I'm at peace with him potentially being that, that quarterback. I, I already know I, I want somebody else. I think Derek Carr is, is, is a plus backup in the league. If you, if you want to, if he needs to start, like you said, for another year or so, as you try and get a new quarterback in there and groom that quarterback, then, you know, he could be serviceable in that way. But um, I think same, he's as serviceable as Mariota would be. I liked Marcus when he was playing. He was fun to watch. I don't know why he didn't get any burn in the last game of the season. I think if Mariota were to get the starting non next year, I think the team would, you know, probably believe in him more than they do in Derek Carr. I, I, that's just my assessment. I'm not certain of that, but Mariota took mediocre Tennessee Titans teams to the playoffs. He couldn't win in the playoffs, but he got that team to play above their level-ish while he was still playing below his what his expected level was um, for a couple yeah. seasons and got into the playoffs. So I think he's somebody that you can believe in a little bit more. He leaves it all out there on the field versus Derek Carr will throw it away on fourth down. That's true. Um, or, that, or or throw the ball straight out of bounds on first down when he got hurt. But then, then, or somebody's ankle. Well, yeah, that fourth down. down that oh, when he hurt his groin. Play. Yeah, he, he hurt, hurt his groin. groin. He threw the ball. He like threw he the got ball mad. straight down. And I'm like, dude, you guys had a chance to score. <laughs> what are you doing? Because they needed that score. They lost that game, didn't they? Yeah, they lost. Mariota came in. And, yeah, that was the San Diego game. They need those points. And this fool throwing the ball at the ground because he pissed. I it, mean, that's D.C. That's what he does. Check down. He did stretch the field this year. No, though. I do. Want I, yeah, to that's what I was gonna say, Pedro. That's I'm gonna give. That's my first question. I'm gonna be fair and say that he threw some deep balls this year, and some of the deep balls look pretty good. Um, and he's he looked like he was starting to get more comfortable, be more aggressive. I know that's what people have been asking for: consistent OC, consistent OC. Get him, get him consistency. Nah. But like you said, Mill, like in the NFL, if you're the quarterback and you're the one who's getting paid the bulk of the money on the team. Um, granted, they got him at a time where the the you know as, as he's looked at as a bargain, but he's not really a bargain because he's taking twenty five million dollars for mediocre play. But regardless of which, you have to be able to st- sustain your level of play as there's turnover. You're not going to be able to keep all your players around you because you're getting paid so much. So it's the it's the balance. You can't sit here and say I need more consistency from my teammates when you're the one who's taking enough money to where you can't consistently pay all these teammates that make you better potentially. So. Well, it, it, the crazy thing is that it isn't like the Raiders didn't the, didn't spend money on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like they exactly. saved money in their secondary and, and their defense, like other parts of the defense. Yeah, you their entire D-line is like on rookie contracts. Dude, yeah, exactly. There's only a few things that are like guaranteed when it comes to being this time of year as of late, and it's that Raider fans will start doing draft prep now because you know they're not <laughs> watching anybody after wildcard weekend. Hold the phone, Milt. Hold the phone. I remember it could have been our last episode we was on. How excited you were over the seventh <laughs> playoff spot for each conference. Oh, yeah. And I was be- bitching about it. Mm-hmm. And you and Jared were super excited. Pedro, the last time we met, these fools were arguing over this chat. I was arguing against it. We were just and talking they, about for you. They were man. arguing. They're like, man, this is gonna help my Cowboys and Raiders. It almost and I like, did. And it I almost was like, did. I was like, it and I was like, look, almost did. We needed that. We even if we did. even if we had it last year, both those teams weren't even in. What it did though, what what did it do? It Bro, kept me Washington. Well, I didn't pay much attention, but once I knew the Cowboys had a chance, I I kept a little bit more of a tab on it. I was like, oh, they no. got a slight chance. It, it, the last week of the season, I didn't watch that last game of the season, but I was like, hey, they got a chance. And that I had nothing to do with that seven draft pick. That had to do with that horrible NFL, NFC lease. 
It had to do with the division. It had to do with Alex Smith getting hurt so that Dwayne Haskins had to come in and play three weeks in a row and show that he was not an NFL quarterback. I was like, Dwayne Haskins, man, keep him in the game. Don't cut him. <laughs> I was so mad. When he went to the strip club, I was like, man, you just fucked it up for my team, bro. Now they're going to have to bench your ass or cut you, and now you ain't going to play unless somebody else get hurt. He had a strip club while he got a head coach going through chemotherapy. A head coach going through chemotherapy who gets an IV halftime every game and this food going to a strip club during COVID. The Cowboys was basically knocked out, not when they lost that game to the Giants, when Dwayne Haskins walked into that strip club and got that photo <laughs> taken. Well, the, the, well let's, let's get in that question then. So the question okay. I had was, was it worth the NFL expanding it to seven teams? Was it worth the, the headache that Aaron was upset about versus me and Milt were excited about? Do you guys think it was a good call? And do you think they should continue having the seventh team with the only the number one seeds getting a bye? Or do you think they should go back to six when things hopefully get back to normal? I'm going to tell you what they're not going to do is go back to six. They're going to get yeah, this money and keep it seven. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't care what we think, our opinion. <laughs> I'm sitting up here right now watching all these damn check downs in this New Orleans game. Yeah, the no check downs was coming from Mitch Trubisky. No, it's Trubisky. coming from Drew Brees. It's coming from Drew Brees and Mitchell Trubisky. You know what? I'm with Pedro. The NFL is not ever going to go back to only six playoff spots on each conference because of all the money they're getting. The game this morning was on ABC. I have not seen ABC mm -hmm. have a playoff game in probably 15 years when they had a one of the channels. I'm like, there's too much money they're making off to having an extra playoff team. They're not going to get rid of it. Did they What'd do you say? something with Nick, Nickelodeon? I think I've seen the background they, of Nickelodeon. Yeah, I think it's part of Twitter, man. It was yeah, all kind of stuff. All yeah. kind of crazy stuff. It was part of Twitter. They're not going back because it was, it, yeah, it's been like NFL game. You can stream it through Twitch. Amazon have a little bit of money on these playoffs. Yep. I tell you what, I'm going to say it was worth it because it made that last day exciting, especially mm -hmm. in the AFC. You're watching the Miami. You're watching all those scenes. You're like, is someone going to get in with the 11? Uh, someone going to be out with the 11 wins? It was exciting. Mm -hmm. It was all these scenarios. The mm -hmm. NFC one, it was exciting to the egg that got thrown out there by the Rams in uh, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And then Chicago limped in. All right. So the question was, was it worth it? It was not worth it to me because this just is another reminder that my team is not a middle of the pack team. My team is a bottom third team in the NFL. So for me, it wasn't worth it. But at the same time, in other years, I'm sure it'll be awesome weekends. So I don't think they're going to get rid of the revenue from a revenue perspective. They're not going to get rid of it. And from obviously from a ratings and TV perspective, there's just too much to lose. But hopefully the Raiders can get in on a wild card and we can say this is worth it. I think it's something that the, the NFL realized that people just love football and they're going to tune in. They got to dominate a Saturday and a Sunday, nine hours of two days on a weekend that they get to dominate the, the sports world. Social media platforms are being dominated by it. It might not be the greatest football because you got some teams that might, might not should be there, but also like they've, they inched their way in. There was a lot of hoopla into the last weekend because of all the different scenarios of somebody won and somebody lost who could get in and sneak in. So that kept a lot of people involved. And like, for me, I'm, I just think that it, it was all part of their greater conspiracy, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it was all just to, you know, kind of muck it up, but muck it up while they raking in that money conspiracy system. Trying to hook up with another woman to get a dick out, to ration a piece of it out. Just like they ration our damn government cheese in the project. Now, uh, 
Um, really don't so now I lost my damn thought. Yeah, I did that one so often. I had a thought ready to go, and now I lost it. <laughs> uh, let's get into some news. The Georgia Senate runoffs occurred. It, we, it seems like that happened <laughs> weeks ago <laughs> based upon everything else that has occurred. But the Georgia Senate runoff occurred, and Georgia is now a blue state. Kelly Loeffler lost to Reverend Raphael Warnock. He's the first black uh, senator in Georgia. And David Perdue lost to John Ossoff, who is the son of an immigrant, and I believe he is Jewish. So um, some diversity being infused into the Georgia Senate, um, which had historically been run by beautiful Dixie white people. What do y'all think about that? Well, um... It's still uh, ran by beautiful white people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Um, well, it, it, you know, it, it's 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 them. It's the Republican Party. You can blame that on Trump because he was out with his conspiracy theories, um, making his own base. Well, I think what they say about sixty percent of the Republican base was already mad at uh, Kemp for certifying the vote so that i think that just got them over the top what i'm amazed by is still two million people that still voted for i forgot the guy's name that literally took their tax money and was trading it on the Purdue. market for yeah yeah for yeah. oh good and he's like no oh and and, and he was making money off the suppliers before the yeah he some crazy he like he played the market he played down the pandemic and bought stock and like <laughs> traded in favor of companies that were benefiting from it and getting PPE loans and we're gonna turn a corner but he told everybody in the state of Georgia that they shouldn't worry about that public <laughs> health crisis that's the problem right dude you how did you still get two million <laughs> still voted for him still <laughs> for you. It basically takes everybody to come out to vote. Um, it takes it takes women. It takes minorities. It takes takes the city to come out and defeat the country like that. You know, I mean, he shouldn't even been close. That should have been a landslide. He would have won if if Trump if Trump didn't go in yeah. and was, was talking <laughs> all that crazy. He would have won. That's Got what it. I'm saying. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah, if Trump yeah. didn't come up with his goofy conspiracy theories and uh, Kemp trying to certify votes and he didn't come in and sabotage that, he would have won by probably, what, about 30,000, 40,000 votes? If you, if you remove yourself from whatever type of argument any side's trying to give you, you can just look face value at what's happening. And I think you have some serious like kind of ethical lines that are, that are crossed and it, and it shouldn't be as wide of a gap to what Pedro was saying. It shouldn't be that big of a discrepancy between people who are voting by what's right and who are actually coming out to the polls. So, um, you know, it, it bodes well, I think, to see Georgia in general and the Southeast go blue. I, I, you know, I'm interested to see when Florida turns eventually. Um, Texas, too, is an interesting thing to look at. But as it pertains to Georgia, I think it's pretty important for the swing of things and the role that it plays in flipping different parts of the government itself. So I'm surprised and but also kind of juiced that that there's a lot of those moves happening out there. Aaron, what's something you took away from the uh, Georgia Senate runoff? Or, or... Uh, you know, one, the Democrats poured in so much money. It was uh, like, let me tell you, this isn't this isn't our old the old Democratic Party anymore. Yeah, I mean, the money it was ridiculous. The fact that they were going against, you know, 
uh, Loeffler and all her money and they still were able to out, they outbid them for everything. But you got to also hold it in. Uh, who was that person that lost Georgia four years ago? The woman? Four years ago? No, uh, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Wasn't that four years ago? When no, they that was pulled? two years ago. Two years ago. Oh, yeah, it was two years ago. Dang, I'm, you know what? Yeah, she put in, last, she year, put last year felt like two years. She yeah. would have won by two. <laughs> and so I, I think mm. I think she also had a big impact. They, they, they scorned her. Yep. And boy, you know, if you don't have any sisters or a house full of women, let me tell you something. That Trump, he didn't know about when you scorn a woman, a woman scorned. Hell hath no fury. And boy, she went out and put in the work. She put in the work. And mm-hmm. I don't know if the state's totally flipped yet. I'm not one of those sitting there. I don't think Georgia's totally. You got to be a fool to think that with the percentage in, mm-hmm. of the they have. It's not totally flipped. It's not like Texas where you're getting this big, huge amount of like people moving from California or from one of these Western states there. It's not happening. The people who are moving there, they're just displace, uh, displacing people who already are Democratic, uh, Demo- uh, excuse me, Demo- Democrats already. So I just think this was just a moment. Like I agree with Pedro said, the Trumpism pushed pushed even some of the Republicans away. It's not the Trumpism. It was just the certification. If you well, yeah. shut his I, mouth. That's what I think. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people didn't vote because I think they felt like it was rigged already. So they didn't go out. A right. lot of Republicans. A lot of Republicans. Right. Uh, and not like your Republicans who are maybe you're more like uh for lack of a better term, hickish people mm-hmm. who are Republican. We're just like, oh man, this is what's the use of voting? It's rigged, right? I think it was both Trumpism and his his silliness of the calling the election rigged in Georgia and different states. So I think Davo said it well when for the people who thought it was already rigged. You know, some of these people need to move to another country. Some of them need to move to another country. <laughs> it will boy Dabo with that, that great white Jesus Jesus. Got that white Jesus. You know Jesus was born in Virginia. (laughs) You know, you know Jesus Virginia province of Bethlehem. (laughs) He was born in the West Virginia province of Bethlehem. Not not Virginia. West Virginia. And and his and his and his dad wasn't a carpenter. He worked in a steel mill in Pennsylvania. He was a coal miner in West Virginia. You know, <laughs> Joseph was a coal miner in West Virginia. Right. And he got laid off. And God got- sent him a child. Sent him a wife. <laughs> he sent his wife a child because he got laid off. So he sent him a child and said, he shall leave the word of the wise to the ways of man. <laughs> flesh of my flesh. I think a lot of things in this world were only a dream for Martin Luther King. <laughs> I love it when white men start using Martin Luther King to cover up their stories. Oh, I just love it. Shout out to Stacey Abrams and uh, Georgia's example of starting to see a more inclusive um, active voting base of, of of all the eligible citizens. And that's that's important. They must they must have gave all them black people in Atlanta a coupon for free chicken wings at the strip club to get them to vote. That's an ignorant ass city. <laughs> That's the only way they got them, got future and them to vote. They, they got them out there, though. They got Offered them some lemon pepper wings. Hey, can we talk about how fine that Stacey Abrams is? Though? <laughs> it's like a young Esther Rose. It just turned me on. Patty has some big ass titties. 
Let's talk about how she not only is she powerful, she's beautiful. Donald Trump might be right. I think future seven of future six of six of future seven kids was on the ballot. Uh, had had voted. <laughs> it's like future Ant- Ant- wait Antonio Cromartie lives in Florida. That's what we need Antonio Cromartie to just start like a, a a voting center where he just like he just birth children. He just he just get people pregnant so they can birth children between, to vote a certain way. Between him, future, and uh, uh Mayweather's daughters. Baby daddy and be a young boy. <laughs> yeah, those three, uh-huh. those three should they just them alone and they kids. As soon as they kids turn 18, they can flip a state real quick. <laughs> they can flip North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> they can flip North Dakota. <laughs> Donald Trump held a rally in Washington, D.C. To many of thousands of his supporters, he encouraged them to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol building and let the Senate and Congress know what they felt and what they thought. He claimed that he was going to walk with them, which I don't believe he did. And then it devolved after all his beautiful rhetoric, all his beautiful rhetoric online and at his rallies into a riot. And they stormed the Capitol building. Five people were killed. One Capitol Police officer uh, died due to injuries. One woman was shot. A former Air Force veteran uh, was shot and killed while trying to get into into a secured area that was uh, barricaded. And three others died due to medical emergencies is what they classified them as. But it was a... uh, it was a day that will go down in history, as many of them are saying. Um, but I don't know if it's going down in history for any of the right reasons, but probably all the wrong reasons. What was going through your mind as you saw all the things unfolding at the Capitol on Wednesday? And then at the end of the day, when you kind of saw the the dust settle, so to speak? Um, yeah, like when I was watching everything kind of unfold, I was on Twitter and I had the news on in the background after um, things started kind of getting momentum. And I didn't realize that there was a rally beforehand. Um, I just heard people were kind of going in towards... DC and that it was going to be a lot of the the Trump folks and um, you know the MAGA crowd I'm I wasn't really uh, shocked that it like really happened or even surprised I kind of expected there to be some antics and some um, political theater you know and I think when when I was watching it happen I was just kind of thinking about the the complete opposite um, you know, reception and, and treatment that different protesters got when they were representing different beliefs than this group that was rushing the Capitol, let alone just being on the grounds or whatever. And, you know, they were let in by guards and there's all these other kind of, um, you know, peripheral things that are happening at once. But it's just, I just watched this whole crowd get treated with preferential treatment and afforded the opportunity to do things that a lot of other people wouldn't even get close to being able to do. And there's been a whole bunch of people coming out saying there's all these different experiences they've had when they were doing stuff that was way less, you know, invasive and just wrong. For me, it just started that whole kind of reflection where I was just like, all right, well, some people are going to come up with narratives where they're supporting it. There's going to be what about isms. There's going to be your people from Tennessee. Um, there's going to be all this stuff on social media, this fallout. But for, for me, it just really was um, a coming to terms and a visual representation of privilege and um, some some people really have trouble grasping that. And for me, it was just my main takeaway was that it was one of the biggest, most egregious, to use a word that you always use, Jart, Good word. was an egregious display of white privilege. <laughs> and it was on a massive scale and there was zero resistance. And it just made me think about just the kind of the polarizing nature of this country and how people are 
you know, innately treated differently based on how they look or what they represent. And, uh, you know, I think there's been some good conversation from that on my end, but that, those are my initial takeaways. Well, Melt, I would classify you as a bona fide good white man. So um, I think uh, I think the conversations we have and do have typically are uh, very transparent about many of the issues in our country. And I appreciate you for that. And as, as people awaken or as people realize and, and find these double standards and check certain privileges or just check certain um, inequities, even if they benefit you, that's it's really it's an important thing to acknowledge yeah. it first and then be able to discuss it. There's some people who are unwilling to acknowledge it, and then you can't have the discussion if you don't even acknowledge it. And I think that's that's where we're at with a lot of things. But the polarizing nature is it's really hard to to, to not choose a side. I think people are just choosing sides. Pedro, what's something that you noticed? Um, uh, nothing, nothing really. Just regular, beautiful white people doing what they do best. Going, they all, all of them just opened the doors gently. There was no, no, no ass. I didn't see anything. It's nothing to see here. Turn off the cameras. Fake news. Everybody just walked through the steps, opened the door gently. Asked the cops was actually, you know, you seen the cops. Cops was like, hey, come on in. Just, just go right on in. Nancy Pelosi office right there. Hey, go ahead and check her mail too. Your check might be on that desk. Just go up in there and see if your check in there. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, just go right up there. Uh, Mike Pence might be in that room over there. Y'all say y'all want to kill him? Yeah. Y'all was gonna, gonna try to kill me you over there, but I don't know if you get past the secret service. So y'all should send that beautiful white woman through that door first, see if they pop her. <laughs> so if they don't pop her, he, he if they don't pop her, he's not in there. But if they pop her, she's in there. He's in there. You know, you know he's in there. So that's where you go. You see, so just put that white woman up first. Put the beautiful white lady up first. Let her dump her out. She got dumped out. Uh, all other man, you know, just y'all just stay back and cool out. Just take everything. Go ahead, and take that podium. The podium's nice. It's good piece in your living room. It's a nice piece in your foyer. Did you know Jamatria proved that Ashley Babbitt and Christmas Addicts equal the same number? Goodwill hunting, meaning I'm hunting niggas. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, God. <laughs> Silly shit there. Dude. Now one of don't even don't even try to relay a conspiracy theory. I'm sorry that she had to lose her life and that people had to die. I'm not sorry. I'm I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm not sorry. I'm yeah. sorry for whenever someone loses their life, even if it was even if it was behind her own, you know, her own mm-hmm. belief. Because no, I, I, I feel like she was led to believe by consp- this conspiracy, right? Thank you. Like, I, I don't want to fault her for whatever reason and where she was in her life, but I felt like she was persuaded to believe this and, and pushed into to believe it by our person who mm-hmm. soon to be, our soon to be ex-president, thank God, right? And you know as well as I know, we know we are conspiracy theorists in our own lives as friends, right? And, mm-hmm. and sometimes they get caught up in some of them and I'm like, holy shit, right? You know, it don't take away from them being a good person or not. You know, she got caught up in a whirlwind. She also learned a valuable lesson that Secret Service. I learned a valuable lesson. Why can't we vet police like they vet Secret Service people? Secret Service is the one who shot her. They it feel like to me, Secret Service is very neutral. They do their job, right? Yeah. You ain't coming in this door no matter what. Don't. She was military. My thing is, yeah. I feel sorry that people are being led astray due to the power dynamics of you know the controlling oligarch or whatever you want to call it. I do feel sorry for that, but you have military training. You understand that at a certain line, military, at a certain line, you just act. 
you are going into the state capitol whether our secret service they are going to just act at a certain point you former military you have know what? to understand that and and, and I, i'm not, they I'm not saying thrown off by the by the by the by, they were by saying, some of the capitol police yeah, some who, of the like, capitol police said was just letting them but, in yeah capitol police dressed like capitol police and then you got secret service who dressed like men in suits that are pointing guns at you and that's the difference mm-hmm. and i'm like this man in this suit is pointing a gun at me saying do not he had the gun aimed at her saying do not enter do not enter for several seconds i'm not here to, to condone uh, or try and rationalize and, and and say it's okay that she got that she died i'm not that's not what i'm Ooh. trying to do what i'm trying to do is say even the conspiracy theorists in my world even myself if somebody's pointing a gun at me i'm not jumping through a door to go closer to them that's right. when i know they have a code that is neutral if you go past a certain point mm. it's gone and it's going to happen and like for me like i understand that you know, no, so, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to rationalize so was, anything. Yeah, I'm just yeah. sad that people lost their lives behind yeah, this idiotic. I'm it's, looking it's, at the bigger picture. I'm sad, sad that people had to lose their lives yeah. behind the president who's sitting over here Allowing, making false claims, endorsing and condoning this shit. Yeah, I agree. All, I agree. And, and, I agree and then the people I'm really I'm hoping that we really, really target and get out of here and people get targeted. It seems like it is happening. People like Harley. Uh, Ted Cruz, these mm-hmm. people who came out, called them patriots, tweeted shit out. Fan the flames, this, yeah. Yeah, fan the flames. Rudolph totally. Giuliani, I don't know how we can't get him on treason for the shit he said before that. Yeah. You know, according to Swordfish, mm-hmm. Teddy Roosevelt shot a man on the White House lawn for treason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> man, uh, only thing I remember from Swordfish is Halle Berry's uh, beautiful. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. that's why I only remember that one line because I couldn't, I, I couldn't stop going back. See, I didn't watch that movie in the theater. I watched it when it came on cable. Then it came out on VHS. I got My boy got it on VHS. We kept rewinding. Yeah. I was we, in the time spiral, bro. Exactly, that shit got wore out. Yeah. And so uh, that's why I only remember that one line that John Travolta dropped when he killed that senator, which yeah. I don't think is true, but it was still a great line. I was like, Giuliani ain't counting for this. He's fan of the flag. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why these cowards leave? Why is this lady getting shot? She getting shot in the motherfuckers who fanned it. And people fan fan out somewhere uh, in an office building downtown New York. Or exactly. here a lock. Man, get, get out of here with that. Exactly. You over here telling people going. to have let's let's take it back by combat, trial by combat, and then yeah. you 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 the All first right. one gone. You should have been the first one through the door. What happened yeah. to real generals like George Washington? You know, yeah. and Ulysses S. Grant, the kind who would drink S. a fifth Grant. of whiskey, your man go out there fighting. Exactly. Leading their man. If you're going to do that, lead your man. If you're going to lead to treason, you don't lead to treason behind a uh, cell phone or behind a computer, behind, behind Zoom, Twitter. Behind you know, what? Twitter. Get out of here with that yeah. gate, that, um, that bitch shit. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm just taking back to 1980. You've been watching too much Wonder Woman. <laughs> 1984. How much ad? How much ad? If they wanted to make that movie realistic, they would have thrown a lot of, a lot of, a lot, a lot of f words, a lot of n words, a lot of. Look, we were very racist back then. And say, Pedro, they would have been talking you, about AIDS. <laughs> if you, exactly. if you, if you did party on teenagers in the 80s, you would used to be a racist and bigotry. Yeah. It was just part of the nature. And right. I'm sorry for all the things I said in the past, but it was yeah. the, it was part of the norm. Um, part of the norm. You know, I also um, I was talking to uh, one of my conspiracy brothers, my brother, shout out RCO2. And he was also really upset about your boy Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell trying to come and sound like 
you know, reasonable actors in this being like, we got to stop this, like, after the fact, like when they for four years have enabled, like as much as we want to blame Trump for enabling these people and his rhetoric and and they enabled him, they enabled him by not telling him to shut the fuck up and stand back, stand down and stand by. We will you they allowed him to do these things so they could pass (laughs) what they wanted. He was their meat shield. He was their distraction for everything that they wanted. And then finally, they want to sound like the reasonable ones were like, no, we can't see any reason this is false. And everyone's like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you. And we were so um, conditioned to expect the opposite that when they said what they said, we're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is so amazing. And, you know, Lindsey Graham was like was one of the people who was helping spearhead this conspiracy thing. They said one of the things that the uh, MAGA people were mad about was this. A lot of the men have thrown away any type of verification to prove that they dick belong to you. And that's what they was mad about. They like, this dick, this American dick ain't mine no more. They don't want it to not be theirs. And they needed to be going in the hole that they wanted to go in. Not these blue holes, not these progressive holes, not these libtard holes as they call them. They wanted to be going in they hole and they decided to do the fucking instead of be fucked. I don't know. I don't get it. It don't make no goddamn sense sometimes. But fuck Lindsey Graham and fuck Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. for trying to sound reasonable after the fact. Hey, hey at least they there now. I, I whether they be there now than never, Jerry. No, no, conspiracy well, well, brother look, thinks that Lindsey Graham's just trying to get more money to get more capital police and more yeah, development around see, that look, shit because he's like, yeah, we got to fix it, that. We can throw money at it now. You got to understand it was coming after them. So there was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> no, no. we used to be on Trump's side. What Trump, you going to turn on my... No, they realized, the it took that to realize. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of them had the idea of like, okay, Trump got this strong sp- sp- support, this and that. We still need those votes for our election, right? So they were agreeing yeah. with shit he said. And then once they saw this, they were like, oh no. A lot of the people who voted for Trump who who weren't out there a lot of people in iowa pennsylvania these are people who probably saw that too and said what the fuck are wrong with these people there are a lot of trump regret that i mean that showed why he lost this last election there's a lot of people who had a lot of trump regret and so i, I i'm just like you showed it more they're in they're in their informal positions of leadership at the highest levels in our country the highest levels of esteem and leaders got to lead not just sit there and try and play fucking political games. And that's what they were doing. And, 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 and as uh, much, let's be real, that's their job. Dude. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, political that's, games. The, that's what but, the Senate is. But no, but they can't play both. They, like, you're allowing them to easily play both sides of the coin. Like, yeah, things are polarized, but we need to expect more from our leaders. Lead, make tough decisions. You got to lead. You got to make tough decisions sometimes. Like when Aaron, Aaron will play this thing with the kids. So every year he does his test on the fifth graders and he acts like he's mad. And he says, y'all got to vote on two people who got to sit on the bench. Otherwise, nobody's going outside. And he lists the kids kind of figure it out and they'll negotiate and they'll play it's the older kids so like they can plan and negotiate and some kids will step up and be like i'll take the i'll take the i'll take the blame yada 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 and and aaron just wants to see how the kids are going to react now aaron don't do that every day aaron doesn't let the kids run the asylum every day just just so he can keep control and keep the kids under some auspices of fear and paranoia no he don't do that because that's not leadership he does that as a test, and then he talks to the kids about it afterwards. These motherfuckers is letting this stupid shit go on on a daily basis, and then trying to, like, at the end, be like, oh, let's have a talk about it after four years of every day this being the bullshit. Like, right. that's You're not right. right. About that. That's right wrong. About that. You are, you see, are elected to be a leader. This is, this is where I'm at. You are elected, just like Trump. You are elected to be a motherfucking leader. You are in the highest position of leadership in this country. Expectations are high. You cannot play fucking bullshit political games. Play political games. Negotiate and put the politics. I understand that comes. That is part of the game. But this is bullshit politics. And I'm not going to let nobody try and justify that to me because that was and crazy. Are you, are they allowed that enable that shit. 
Are you more mad at Twitter? Fuck you Twitter. Be mad at Twitter for and like, the birds. They chirped in on. I don't, I, don't worry. Twitter. Don't worry. I got some for Twitter later. I got some fire for Twitter later. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. That's that's coming to the cutty corner. That's true. Yeah. Okay. No, um, um, someone said they found a way to turn facts into politics. Facts is we have coronavirus. Facts is that there is climate change. Facts is um, science. Like I like I tell. Uh, certain people, all right, okay, you don't believe in facts. Why don't you go set your hand on fire and see how that feels? <laughs> That's called science, you idiot. You don't want to believe in science. Stop using your smartphone. You don't believe in science. Go weave your own goddamn clothing. Exactly. You don't want to believe in science. Go, go grow your own shit every day. You basically saying if you want to not believe in phonics, turn into Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> You said phonics or science? Science. I, I said science and phonics put together. I said phonics, phonics, science. I meant both. I meant both. This magic moment. Pedro dominated the magic moments last week. Pedro had like five. That's because my sugar level was high. <laughs> Bianca Smith was hired as the first black woman coach in pro baseball. Um, she was hired by the Boston Red Sox. This comes on the heels of Kim Ng being hired as the general manager for the Miami Marlins. Um, and we're starting to see an influx of women into the sport. But do you guys think this is a, an example of black women saving baseball? Or do you think that this is a way for Boston to mask their inherent bias and racism? <laughs> I think it's a meat shield if you ask me. Man, as long as Kurt Schilling's still on that Hall of Fame ballot, they ain't saving shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I ain't saving shit. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. What did y'all think when you heard the news about this? Or was there anything that you took away from this? It was exciting. I mean, you know, it's exciting. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay it for what it is, whether Boston is, you know doing whatever. I mean, the Boston is still a progressive city. It's a racist progressive city, but it's still progressive, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I will give it that. They will put people in positions and, tr and they will try to, we're going to treat you like shit, but we're going to make sure you're equal. I can live with that. That's I fair, right? That's like that. some, that's some fair racism, right? You, you know what? That's the, I call, I call that the United Kingdom way of, of, of equality. That's how, that's how, that's how the UK did it. That's how the UK did it. England, England went out there and said, you get everything we get. You get free healthcare, you get free education, you get everything we get. But you know what? We we don't we still go, we gonna treat you a little bit like shit. You know, yeah, we gonna treat you like. But you're not a second class citizen. You one of us now. <laughs> but, but because of that, you can't be calling yourself uh, African Englanders, right? Mm. And you can't be bringing up your spices unless we take them. Uh, that's what the England said. Uh, but, we uh, tax them. We tax them spices. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so, I will say this. I think it's, you know, she's in baseball. Wow, she was coaching a team, a college team. Uh, she was coaching women's team. She coached men's before. It's like Kim Ng. Kim Ng was in baseball for a long time. And she was assistant general manager to the Yankees, Brian Cashman. She got three titles. She was with the Dodgers during their turnaround. Uh, so I, I look at it. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, it's late. Better late than never. It's late. There are a lot of women that know more. That There's a lot of women who probably got Alzheimer's and forgot more about baseball than I ever will right. know. And that most of those guys that's in baseball ever will know, right? So it's about time we start getting some fresh blood, some young blood. Maybe this might help the game of baseball by bringing yeah. in. First, we start in. We bring in women. 
Maybe next thing they know, they stop. They'll if you could convince some of them, uh, some of them hillbillies to stop getting mad at the Latin players for celebrating, right? <laughs> I'm not all, all, a little bit now. <laughs> only sports you can't celebrate doing something well. I saw the I saw the Ravens not stomp on the team's <laughs> insignia in the middle of the field today after they got the ceiling interception and they celebrated. They got hit with the fifteen yarder, but hey. It, they got it right. They celebrate it. They won. You celebrate. You don't want them to win. You don't want them to celebrate. You stop them from winning. You don't want Steph Curry shimmying. Don't let them make a three on your ass. Right. That's how you do it. If we could do that, maybe baseball could start moving. Maybe the next thing you know, they could kick out all those uh, all those guys that come from MIT and Yale and get those guys out the game next and stop making the game fucking boring. Theo Epstein. May he burn in hell. He's close to being. If I if I would love baseball a little bit more, Theo Epstein would be on my uh would be on my Daryl Morey scale. He's close there though. I hope that when I get to the gates, I see them in a separate line. Theo Epstein, Daryl Morey, and Hitler. And they in their own separate line. And Peter's going, well, we gotta talk about this. <laughs> right? We got we got lots to discuss. Stupid. Uh what you think, Mel? What you think about it? I think a uh, short, short take is that it's good for ball. Um, and I, and that's coming from someone who's over ball. So, you know, <laughs> I think that they need, I think AG3 is right on, on pulse. He had a good pulse on this. Um, for me, it's not enough for, from a representation standpoint, obviously, and it's not a manager role, um, but it is a good step in the right direction by the ownership. And it looks like John Henry's from Arkansas. So maybe this is a little bit of masking. And Boston, obviously, is a very interesting setting for this to be happening in. Very interesting. Um, so, I mean, does it make up for Boston being Boston? Of course not. But then again, this kind of a move in that type of a market is a big statement. So I think you do kind of got to give them a little bit of a tip of the cap in that respect. But I think, you know, it'll really be a big ripple. Not that this isn't um, important from a sim- symbolism standpoint, but like when we have a female manager – um, you know, GM's a big one, but I want a female manager. And, you know, I was thinking about the staffing situation in San Antonio and the NBA too. And like, when, when we're talking about barriers for me, it's yeah, like head coach that, yeah. at the, at the next level. So uh-huh. um, I think it's a good move, but yeah, clearly I think there's more, there's, there's more to do, but it is a start. And from what I gathered in the sport, you know, it's, it's a first in its own respect. So yeah, from that, from that perspective, it's, it's thumbs up. Yeah. It was Alyssa Nacken. Um, was a former softball star. She was hired by the San Francisco Giants to be a, a assistant coach um, last year. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. she was the first woman to be hired in a coaching role. And now this is the first black woman. So yeah, uh, I was trying to remember. Okay, her name. Nice. But, um, but yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely. That's the, the, the pinnacle of, you know, building and developing just equality and opportunity. And I think that's, that's, that's what our country built on opportunity. Um, Pedro, uh, what is, uh, what, what is your, what is your view and take on this? No, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big baseball aficionado, but uh, just like we have in football and in basketball, um, instead of having this whole, um, this machismo, male perspective on everything we need to we do need to progress when it comes to having ideas and it seems like females are especially now are coming up with ideas in, in business minded also let me mind you it's a, they, they're starting to come out with a lot of business plans and it might help progress um 
you know, might improve some young talent listening to different voices. We all love my mama. We all, especially in the uh, minority community, be like, Lord Jesus, my mama, I can't do nothing without my mama. So just having a woman. Shout out to mamas. Yeah, just having a woman there to nourish and lead some of these. I'm not telling them to like lead man, but with the, just with the ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, we take a lot of ideas from our mom. That's where we get the smartest part. You know, from my life's from my mother. So, yes, mm-hmm. it's good to have uh, uh, women leading and women teaching now. It's, I mean, I, we have women teachers always. So, yeah. why not in sports? Shout out to Becky Hammond. She also was the mm-hmm. first woman a, couple, uh, a little, <clears throat> was that a week ago, a week and a half ago? Mm, she probably to, uh, better than 50% of some of these coaches out here. Yeah. Shout right? out to Becky Hammond sponsorship. <laughs> she uh, coached, yeah. uh, took over head coaching duties for the Spurs when uh, Popovich Bob got. Tree. Yeah, Popovich got um got ejected. ejected, and so she she was the head coach, acting head coach for the rest of that game. And the first she can't first she time. can't get a head catching job, but it seemed like a Van Gundy keep getting offered every time I turn around. <laughs> <laughs> guys, hey, ben, guys, Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Well, no, no, no. I'm gonna just say this, Tyron Lue. That's that's what y'all need to know, Tyron right. Lue. <laughs> hey, that's how you know black people came up in the coaching world of basketball. The fact that Tyron Lue gets right. a job, but he don't deserve it. Yeah, and that Jared willing to criticize him getting that job. Hey man, Tyron Lue over here. The only time he got stepped over for a job was when AI did it in game. <laughs> the only time he been stepped over. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he's needed to be stepped over a few times. <laughs> yeah. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts is our segment in the show with where everyone gets the floor to rant, complain, or highlight something positive. But it's your opportunity to speak on something that has been uh, grinding your gears, so to speak. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. It's time. It's, it's time. <laughs> all right aaron yes you have a cutty corner shout out uh i you know what yeah i do i do in fact i had a couple right but then i realized you know it's too much negativity now i remember the space that watching the guys on on the uh, capitol put me in on wednesday right. and this and that trust me i had this whole long thing written out i mean just long just to give you a quick paraphrase i called those uh people who committed treason the insurrectionists I, I basically I basically said that they spend majority of their time uh, jerking off to that old film, Birth of a Nation, masturbating <laughs> to it. I said masturbating was my exact words, just in case they were women. That's just to sum it up, right? But I was like, that was too hateful. It was dark. I got a real legit one that has to do with sports. Um, my shout out, my cutting corner shout out goes to the Houston Texans ownership. You talk about just a bunch of idiots and just can't get things done. If there's anything that I can tell you this is that if you're a Raider fan, just be happy you're not a fan of the Houston Texans with that horrible ownership. So let me tell you this. They hired a firm to help them hire a general manager. That's common. That's what football teams do. There's certain firms that everyone in the league uses. They hire that firm that mostly everyone in the league uses. The firm gave them the recommendation. Omar Khan from Pittsburgh, a team that makes great picks. He's the vice president of football operations there. He's coming from a place where they have made great draft picks. 
do not waste money. Great cuts. Everything's good. They, they have not made a bad move. If you're Houston, you want to emulate the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the, the great franchises who when they have only had three coaches, three coaches since 1969 or 68. Three coaches. Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. And each one of those coaches have won at least one championship and played in at least two Super Bowls. That's who you want to emulate. They make great moves. They recommend Omer Khan. And what do they do? Take that recommendation and shit on it. Hire Nick Cassaro, player personnel, player development director at New England Patriots. A guy who has not had a good successful first, second, or third, or fourth round draft pick in 10 years. One reason Brady left, they were not accumulating no talent. In the first three rounds, they've drafted the most wide receivers any team have, and only have two of them still on the team, and only because they were drafted within the last two years. Their best player, Deshaun Watson, came over to him and said, hey, hey, can I get in on the player on my coach hire, right? You think they would. It's their best player, their best offense player, the only really legit weapon they have on offense. He just made a recommendation. Can you tr- bring in Eric Bieniemy? Can we try to get Eric Bieniemy? What does Houston say? Ownership and Nick Casero say? Oh, we're not going to bring him in for an interview. He's not on our list. You know what, Jared? So this brings you back. I brings you back. When they took when they took the Clippers away from Donald Sterling for something he said in private on a private conversation that someone taped, I had no problem. I, I didn't think they should have took the team away from him. He was a bigot. There's a lot of bigots in this world. I got no problem. I'm sure if we go listen to every owner's uh, every owner's conversation, at least 50% will have to will be in trouble. But it was a private conversation, right? I don't think what he said was enough to lose his team. But yet we allow idiot shitty owners like the family that owns the Houston Texans, the McNair family. Remember the dad, the dad's no longer running it. It's, it's the son, Cal McNair. Remember their dad was the one that went off when the player, when Kaepernick and, and kneeled. And he was the one that went off and said, no one's going to kneel on my team and all kind of crazy shit. And yet we, we allow people to have teams that run them in horribly and run them to the ground, right? We allow people to mix the Dolans, the this and that. Those are people who you should be forcing out. Don't get me wrong. Sterling was running that team great, but I mean, he, he was on the upswing. They had a great team. They was in the playoffs. They won that series against the Warriors. He had Doc Rivers as a head coach. Hopefully, if you're a Houston Texan fan, the best thing you can wish for and what you can try to do is uh, go on Instagram, Twitter, slide into some people's DMs, and hopefully you can get V. Stagliano uh, becoming the owner of the Cal, Cal McNair's mistress. That's the best way you could go. Tell her there's a lot of sun in Houston, so we, she, go, she can get all the vibes she wants. I'm Mr. Sterling's right-hand arm man. Milt! Do you have a Cuddy Corner shout-out? I do. Um, wow. I have my two cents about what Aaron just said. I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, I, initially, obviously, you think about... Cutty Corner and um, everything that happened at the Capitol comes to mind, but I too am going to stray and uh, and not let them interrupt this fine programming that you have lined up for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know I, I've been uh, been doing a lot of upgrading and updating. Uh, you know I'm still rocking on this uh, PlayStation Four generation. You know I'm not quite living the good life as some of the folks out there with that PS Five. 
but you know, one thing about having that PS4 is if you got that most recent duty package and you know, you got that internet access, you're doing okay during the pandemic. And I know you two are no strangers to dropping in. So, um, you know, I noticed that lately there's been this cold war integration with this Call of Duty Warzone, this Black Ops Cold War Warzone, two separate games. They're like, you know what? Everyone's playing this game anyway. Let's morph them. What could possibly go wrong? And as somebody who is a big gamer, you you want quality, you want good connection, you want seamless flow, you want uploading, you just want to play. You know what I mean? And uh, it's been tough that this gaming console, albeit a fourth generation and not a fifth, is isn't quite up to the uh, the task of um, of handling all the bugs that that game is sending its way, and it's trying as best it can. But it's been really tough, man. So as of late, it's been this week, man. I'm like trying to just get on. I've been on Google. I've been looking up certain codes, trying to spell these error codes. It's all the same problem. <laughs> I'm following. I'm following these protocols that's telling me to do online, and it's the simple shit. Like, have you tried unplugging it and restarting it? I'm like, that's not taking me anywhere, man. And uh, all this seems like it could have been avoidable. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be super negative, but it's kind of grinding my gears. You know what grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, like, rock you, you know, Activision or whoever it is. But I'm just trying to drop in. I'm just trying to camp like Jared and take, you know, get, maybe get uh, 1,500 points over the course of a game, becoming third. You know, real military <laughs> tactics, baby. Real military tactics. <laughs> it's called recon, and sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just trying to get this game squared away. Uh, but on a positive note, because I did appreciate what Aaron said about keeping keeping it light, um, especially when it's easy to get caught up in the negativity. Um, one of the things I've been doing in this quarantine has been working on my fishing game and getting those uh, the pieces together and getting out and doing that on a regular basis. And if you've been around me. Um, I've probably been in your ear talking about this and that um, lately, but it's been one of the my highlights of this whole pandemic. And as of late, it's been finding something that I didn't really realize I liked as much as I did um, and been getting out there. So shout out to uh, Bay Tackle in Richmond um, and shout out to anyone who talks to other people who are casting lines where you are and uh, go get out in nature. It might make you feel better in all this pandemic craziness. You gotta hit up Jason, man. Jason. Yeah, you gotta hit 30 up seconds, the thirty seconds of Jason. 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 Good. We'll, we'll get Jason on here, and he can he can hook you up. Jason, what you gotta tell him? Meet me at, at Antioch Oakley Pier, and we'll talk. My Cutty Corner shout out uh, goes out to people ordering food. California has been locked down. Uh, restaurants cannot sustain having people eat indoors or outdoors anymore or you know ever since the second shutdown or third wave shutdown whatever we're calling it right and so people you know if you want to still be able to go to a restaurant you have to order order out and take out that's all you can do and um, last week i decided to do some takeout and um i got there and they're not letting people in they're letting one person at a time to pick up orders i happened to stand behind a group of people who didn't bother to call in an order and wanted to stand in line and order in person so a line starts to develop of people who just want to pick up their motherfucking food because somebody wants to go in there and spend better part of eight minutes ordering their food and paying for it in person. Hey, guess what? You have a smartphone. I know sometimes orders get messed up online, but we not we don't have the we don't have the luxury or privilege to be living that way anymore. So please just order your motherfucking food online. Call in. Tell them what you need. 
order your food and go pick it up. That way we have less people needing to stand in a line, stand around each other in line, having people walk around and through a line that's blocking part of the sidewalk. Don't sit there and hold up the line because you decided not to <laughs> plan ahead and order the fucking shit online or just call in and put in your order. You don't have to order on an app. You can call and order too. Get your shit together. My second Cutty Corner shout out goes out to Twitter. Twitter, you mean to tell me a person in charge of political office, an elected official who has greater responsibilities in our society because they've been elected, because that's where our society works, because that's what the responsibility of having a title works, can spend the better parts of the last four years touting, affirming, endorsing, spouting, ignorance, divisive speech, hate-laced speech, hate-laced ideologies, and can do that freely. Yet, when I make a joke and say, Drake looks like a high yellow Freddy Munster from the season two DVD cover of Degrassi, I get banned for 12 hours. Arby Graham in the wheelchair. Drake! Yes! Y'all talking about the light-skinned nigga from DeGeneres? And then I make another joke about your boy, Shaquille O'Neal's hairline, and I refer to him as this Negro because sometimes that's a joke. I say, this Negro over here tripping. This Negro over here wilding. This Negro is stupid. You know, they say, this Negro. Because I ain't trying to use the, I ain't trying to call him a nigga. So I'm saying, this Negro hairline look like tectonic plates because this shit was fucked up. It was funny. People laughed at it. But you're going to ban me for 24 hours for that. And then when I post the title of an episode and I don't even spell the whole N-word, I use asterisks and other things to, to like let you know it, this is part of the title of something, of a game we played, which happened to be Nigga, Negro, Necromancer, which is a great game. I get banned completely. We get banned completely from Twitter. So you telling me <clears throat> jokes that are jokes, that are like literally jokes, that are not coming from a place of power that are not endorsing historical precedences of terror and violence against other people will get us banned on Twitter. But somebody who actually in a position of power, who has a following, who have people will listen to him, who have people that he doesn't even have to say specifically what to do. He can allude to it and people will follow through with that, which his rhetoric and his tweets and all everything else he stood for was building towards or directly saying. No doubt. You gonna sit back and say, oh, it's free speech. We're gonna flag it and say this is maybe false because y'all were monetizing his tweets. You were monetizing his following. The traffic coming through your platform was, it was massive because of him. And because of that, y'all decided, let's not do anything about it. We don't wanna fuck up the money. And now y'all wanna call some moral high ground. Fuck y'all, fuck all y'all. and. Everyone that's part of Twitter, fuck y'all too, but thank you for at least signing a letter to get your goddamn stupid-ass, bearded-looking, bastard-ass CEO to make a, make a real call for once. Because that motherfucker should not have had his account for that long. His shit should have been suspended for 12 hours, then 24 hours, and then permanently banned several years ago. But instead, y'all wanted to monetize and take advantage of that money, and now y'all want to take some moral high ground like y'all the Supreme Court. Fuck y'all. 
and Supreme Court step in and do something about this bullshit because it's all stupid. And and legislatures do something about it because right now we're hitting a precedent where we're allowing social media platforms to be, become the adjudicators of our constitutional rights. And that is a dangerous place that we are getting to. And that is a dangerous situation that I don't know that we are ready to handle as a society. So we need to get a better hold on what is free speech, what are constitutional rights, and not allowing these private corporations that are monetizing these, these, these forms of expression to be able to decide that for us. So yeah. fuck you, Twitter, and I will see y'all when I start a new high score 510 Twitter account because I still need Get to it. use your platform, but still fuck y'all. And I don't think we're really remembering the fourth culprit in all this, the one that really did far too little too late that, you know, we didn't expect much to begin with, right? And to have somebody kind of go along and then after things are decided, then you make your stand. I think for Derek Carr to lead the Raiders and try and win that last game <laughs> in the NFL Week 17 was just uncalled for. All right. Well, that is our show, my friend. Um, any uh, any final words you'd like to share yeah, with us? Yeah, I got friends? a final word. Just because Jared, uh, for the Darcy LaPere to keep us from getting sued again, uh, she only had one husband die while she was married to him. So she is not a black widow. Okay. The woman knows how to marry. She is gorgeous, though. She knows how to marry. Hey, man. Well, she, she also knows how to handle money, too. Yeah. A shout out to her. Sponsorship, please. She's not Black Widow, just to let you know. You know, Jar, I had I had one thing I wanted to throw on the radar just because I heard Davo's name get brought up. And, you know, he did a great job of uh, pleading a case for him being the great humanitarian that he is. Um, but, you know, I, I was able to go down to Davo country before the Georgia trip and uh, can confirm that he is in an interracial church. It's uh, not an urban legend. And, uh, you know, with regards to... Um, <laughs> With regards to the opportunity at hand with, um, with, you know, him getting a better perspective on life, I think we're just going to go with some more, uh, you know, campus-based diversity trainings. I think that should really sort things out. Well, that is our show. Thank you for listening to our show. Um, please check out our Patreon page at www. I don't have to say the www. Anyways, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash highscore510 to get our exclusive content and bonus conversations and our weekly quick hitters. Um, aside from that, uh, stay blessed, stay healthy, and we will leave you with this. You know, I, I, another thing is conspiracy sister would tell you. <laughs> I lost it. That, you know, it she had to tie into what you said. The, the NFL, know. the NFL also just can't sit still. You know, uh, conspiracy sister. Oh, not really. See, that's why. See, these men nuts busy. See, they got to keep their nuts busy. <laughs> you know, uh, so I was going to say this: the NFL. It was so the, having this extra wild card game is so powerful. It forced the NBA to put their best matchup game yesterday before the game started. Did you guys realize mm-hmm. that there was an NBA game early? Like at 10 o'clock in the morning? Or it was like 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific Coast time, right? Saturday. Pacific Standard Time. It was Denver versus Philly. They did that because of this extra NFL game. You know what? I think it was worth it. I think you had fans going into the last two weeks of the season. You had 
you know, however many percent more percent of teams and, and fan bases that were involved and still paying attention. And this is what we talked about when they first announced this rule was that you're going to have people and fan bases and cities that are going to be engaged to the very end of the season. They're watching it intently. And that intent, uh, I think, builds into other uh, forms of revenue. I think it was just a positive all around for the quality of play. Um, that could still be argued. And I think that will TBD. But uh, like I agree with Pedro, they ain't going to give up this money, man. They ain't going to give up this yeah. money. And Jared, one thing too that I want to throw out there is, um, you know, they're on Nickelodeon for a reason too. They're smart and they, they wanted the 18 game season. They didn't get it. So they expanded the the playoff picture. They're on Nickelodeon so they can make sure that the, all the kids who are whatever age range they're targeting are going to have that back of their mind going forward. Right. So right. They, yep. it's definitely worth it from their perspective. That's clear to me. So, yeah, so that's the one takeaway that I think we're all I'm telling you, the NFL different. is trying to be like that government cheese conspiracy sister. Yeah, you know how they had them big old blocks of government cheese, that long fix, just stack of government cheese, that hard cheese. It was good, but when you eat it, it constipates you, run all up in you, lock your bowels up. <laughs> Jared, 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 you know what, Jared? I'm starting to see. How you run the show, I'm sorry, it, it might be a mirror into how you are in bed. You shoot your wad early. You had all these great conspiracy sister things lined up. Instead of just spacing it throughout the show, you're going to get it all in the first 10 minutes. I'm going I'm to get it all out in the first 10 minutes. So just if any women listen to the show, look at that as a mirror into Jared's love life. Jared in bed action, right? He shoot his wad early. These men are giving dick away. He, he, instead of just waiting, bringing it in at a great time and then catching us by surprise, letting us forget about it, and then it hit us, and then we start laughing. Jared, all early. All early. 